for a lot of students, I always hear this term, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? And so they often feel like when they make that first choice that Mm -hmm. they're stuck in in that choice for for the next 20, 30 years. And really, that's just not even the reality of today's workforce. You're listening to CWC Talks, a podcast from the University of Florida Counseling and Wellness Center. In each episode, we discuss mental health topics related to the experience of being a student and share the struggles and joys of taking care of your mental health while in college. Please note, CWC Talks is not a substitute for counseling and may be sensitive for people who have experienced trauma. All guests' views are their own and do not speak for the CWC, the University of Florida, or the mental health profession as a whole. Okay, so welcome everyone to the CWC podcast. I will be your guest host today. My name is Chelsea Tobias. I work at um, the Counseling and Wellness Center, but I also have a background in career services and worked at the Career Connection Center for a number of years. So I have that kind of perspective as well. And today we're going to be talking about career and sort of a job search and anxieties that come around graduating and maybe not knowing what comes next. And today I have with me Allison Noonan. Allison currently works at the Career Connection Center and also has a background in career services. Hi, Allison. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, yeah. So kind of just to dig into this topic, I think there's so many anxieties and questions that students have just about graduating and not knowing what they're going to do next. Um, So I think one question to sort of get us started is you're talking with a student that's wondering, I am about to graduate. I'm a senior. I have no idea what I want to do next. Um, How do you kind of start to even approach that conversation with a student? You know, typically when when a student comes to me and they're really just trying to figure themselves out and what they want to do, I typically always start with asking them some questions first about their major, about their coursework. What are the things that pers- interested them in that subject? Have you been able to get out of the classroom and gain some type of experience through internships, part-time work, you know, or project work um, to really start to gauge their level of interest in that subject matter, but then also in the experiences that they have had to see, you know, you know, through those experiences, what did you enjoy about those? Were they directly related to your major? Or were they things that you were just more interested in through student organizations? You know, in in both ways can work. And I think really what's important is just to look at those environments and the the responsibilities that you had, the tasks that you're performing and start having those conversations about what did they like about those experiences, but also what didn't you like about those experiences? You know, and really starting to figure those those aspects of themselves out. I think it's really important to first start to look inward at who you are as an individual and what's important to you in a career, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and and really starting to weigh those personal and career values as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think kind of getting at when you're feeling stuck and sort of reflecting on, how to move forward, like thinking about what are those things in my experiences that really felt energizing and engaging to me? And um, when are those times that I felt 
like even just in a flow experience, like I kind of just lost myself in the moment. Um, Cause I know, you know, a lot of students might have either so many different interests, they don't know where to start or they just feel like, I don't even know what I like. I don't yeah. know, which is totally fair. I mean, our, our likes and interests change all the time. And, but kind of thinking about, you know, what are those times that I really felt like, just in the zone. And I felt really excited and energized by what I was doing and even challenging students, I think, to think about, like you said, not just what they're doing in class or what they think might be related to their career, but, you know, anything outside of that too in their life, like what are they doing just for fun in their own time? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important to look at even like those things that you just enjoy doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and looking at those as starting points, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what you, when you enjoy something, you don't always want to do it for a career because sometimes mm-hmm. you do lose that enjoyment factor. But I think that those are, especially for students that just have no idea at this sure. point, those are just sometimes the helpful conversations to get started with having students to help them start thinking about what those possibilities are. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of starting to get ideas and, you know, options and minds. I also kind of wanted to explore just why it's so scary and anxiety inducing to not just, you know, graduate, but then just choose something, you know, why, why do you think that is so can be, you know, such a scary thing? I think for a lot of students, I always hear this term, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? And so they often feel like when they make that first choice that Mm -hmm. they're stuck in in that choice for for the next 20, 30 years. And really, that's just not even the reality of today's workforce. And, And so I think for many, they feel like there's this right or wrong choice. And that doesn't mean that maybe... There, there isn't a, a location or an organization that may be a better fit for you. That, that's not what I'm saying, but I don't mm-hmm. think that there necessarily is a right or wrong choice in the sense that if you have an opportunity to gain employment after graduation, right, and it is that starting point, there are a lot of things that you can start to figure out about yourself. There are skills that you can gain that then you can use to leverage to then um, lead into the next opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I know for a lot of students, it really is feeling like they're locked into some decision for a long period of time. And that for many just doesn't feel right or is really scary to them and makes them feel like they may make a wrong choice. Um, And I think you've seen, right? And we've even had those conversations where, you know, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do for the rest of my life, you know, and I've been in my career for, you know, in education for almost eight years now, and I'm still grappling with those decisions. And, And maybe in my prior Time, I would have been like, oh my gosh, like, I I don't know what I want to do, but that actually kind of excites me. It it really Mm -hmm. does excite me to think, how can I reinvent myself? Um, You know, as as I'm coming to a new cross point in my life with my children graduating from high school and, you know, becoming adults, I'm going to have a lot of more time. And so what's the next thing that I can do? And I think if students can take that mindset, sometimes I think that that helps start to reduce that anxiety that I know a lot of students feel. Right. Yeah. And I I think you touched on so many important things there, like, you know, the idea of just 
choosing this thing that can define you for, for, like you said, for the rest of your life feels so huge. It feels like such a kind of big insurmountable thing that you're being asked to do when you're, you know, and not for everyone, but in a lot of cases, when you're like maybe 22 years old, you know, when you chose a major, when you were maybe 18 years old and you didn't have a lot of life experience yet. And I know not everyone falls into that kind of timeline of being in college, but you know, that's such a big decision. And like you said, it, it feels like this black or white kind of what is the right and wrong choice and the idea that there could be a wrong choice and what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. I think the other thing that oftentimes that students get a lot of anxiety is they've spent four years, right, Mm -hmm. studying this area, right, and gaining this major. And maybe in that time period, maybe they got so far into it that they couldn't change. And now Mm -hmm. they're like, okay, I realized that is, I through that major, through those experiences, I realized I don't want to do this for the rest of my life, but how can I then take the information that I've learned and the skills that I've developed and yeah. start to figure out what is it I want to do? Um, and so I think too, when, when you don't enjoy that major and you haven't enjoyed, that can cause a lot of anxiety because you almost feel like, okay, do I need to go back to college? Do I need to learn something new? Or can I look at just more of that skills-based, right? And I think if Mm -hmm. students can look more at their skills and what their Mm -hmm. strengths are, I think that that can help to reduce that anxiety versus, oh my gosh, I've selected this major and I really just don't even see myself doing this. Right. And that can feel like also that you just wasted four Mm -hmm. years of your life and all of that energy into something that you realize maybe you don't even like. Um, But I think just learning how to pivot and A, like identify what are the things that you learned from that. You know, you still learned what you like and don't like about yourself. And sometimes it takes that experience to figure that out. You know, sometimes you just don't know what you're going to like until you do it, until you take the class or do the internship or, you know, what have you. And it took that to learn that about yourself. But then also I think it's helpful to say, okay, you know, what did I gain from this that I can translate now into another job or to grad school or to, to something else? And what kind of transferable skills, you know, might I have now? Yeah. And that is always what I lean on, right? Mm -hmm. So as you know, you and I talked before thinking about making transitions and, Mm -hmm. you know, it it really is that those skills and and those responsibilities that I perform in this role that I'm doing now. And can I do, there are things that I love about what I do now, but if I choose to make some shifts, Mm -hmm. what are those aspects of what I love doing now that I want to look for in a different career and a Mm -hmm. different organization, or what is it that I want to do next? And so again, that's what excites me, right? That's what gives me this freedom to explore. And I think that's what you have to, students need to give themselves permission to explore, right? To to be flexible because a lot of times they come straight out of high school where they've been in this very rigid structure of Mm -hmm. what you have to do. And then they get into college and they think, oh, well, I've always wanted to be this, or I'm really good in math and science. So I'm going to be this. And then they start to realize like, I don't enjoy it or 
maybe I enjoyed the, the information that I learned, but I don't necessarily want to do that for the, my career. And so, you know, that's where I get excited. Those are the, I get excited by the possibilities and, and the thought process that I can reinvent myself in a career mm-hmm. and, and find other things that give me meaning and purpose as my life transitions. So why mm-hmm. not have my career transition with me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I, th- I also think that especially being at UF, um, where it can feel like a really competitive environment sometimes, and it can feel like so many of your peers, students around you just know what they're doing and they have a plan or they maybe you see other people, they already applied to grad school or they already have job offers and then it can feel really isolating or, Mm -hmm. you know, that you're falling behind, I think, when, you know, seeing everyone around you doing that. And I I think it can be helpful to remember that sometimes some of those people also don't know what they're doing, (laughs) even if they seem like they do. I'm sure in the back of their mind, they're questioning things, right? Sure. Or they're they're having those second guessing or self-doubt, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. Last night, I listened um, to an MLK celebration, and it had um, several of uh, the faculty here at UF, and they were talking about you know, what excites them in their career. And it was really fun to have one of the faculty members even talk about like they had majored in something and realized that that wasn't the work that they wanted to do for the rest of their life. Uh And so I think, you know, if you're someone that is struggling with these questions, even having conversation with faculty members, right? I think you Uh will hear, I heard all from these, I think it was six different faculty, so many different stories. And some of the people, you know, one of the faculty members knew from the time they were 11 years old, what they wanted to do, Yeah. right? But then there were others that all the way up through grad school, they were questioning what it was that they wanted to do and they were trying to figure themselves out. And so Uh I think it's just really important. Yes, look at what your peers are doing and learn from them. Them, but don't compare yourself, right? Because your life is your life and, mm-hmm. and you have to work within what works best for you. Right. Um, so. All right, definitely. And I think thinking about too, like your, it can feel like your job or career or school and your major feel like they have to totally define you or sort of encapsulate who you are as a person. And when you don't know that, it makes you start to, you know, question yourself and it feels just like a loss of identity. And, you know, I think that can cause a lot of just internal anxiety and struggle and struggle just about the decision-making process. But I, I think it's helpful, this conversation to help students recognize that your career doesn't have to be this one static thing that, defines who you are it can change it can grow it can evolve over time and and maybe you know you're someone that doesn't you know live to work maybe there's other things in your life that give you more meaning and purpose and joy than just your job does and and that's okay too yeah so I wanted to think about just um more sort of the practical side of like planning to graduate, you know, especially, yeah, if you don't have that job offer or grad school acceptance yet, but you know, you are graduating, your time at school is coming to an end. How do you sort of plan for that and just plan for, you know, the next steps right after graduation? 
I think it's really important to start thinking about where you are at this moment, right? Exploring, I think, when you're thinking of practical steps and if you're still just not sure, looking at some of the resources that we have here in the Career Center, right? Even looking at some of the services and the workshops that we're hosting, um, having conversations with one of our, you know, career coaches or um, attending some of the presentations that include alumni and hearing their stories, right? And exploring some of these topics about yourself and, and really looking at what's important to you mm-hmm. right now, where you are, mm-hmm. is that first good step. And then I think it's important to then start thinking about, okay, what do I need to know? Is it that I don't know what I want to do or am I not finding those types of opportunities if I'm just simply using Mm -hmm. like uh, Indeed or LinkedIn or Gator Career Mm -hmm. Link to scan for jobs? Is it that? And if it is, then I think the next step is really looking at your network um, and looking at the people that are in your circle here at the university, through your family, through your friends, through those contacts that you've developed through your experiences and having some conversations with them of what are the possibilities. Asking them these types of questions that we're talking about today, like what did you major in? What were those experiences that you engaged in? How did you figure out what you wanted to do? I know that a lot of times students spend a lot of time searching and scanning jobs boards and stuff, but I think really where you find more information is really exploring careers and those options through people, Um, Mm -hmm. looking at their stories, listening to their stories. So when I say looking at, looking at like places like LinkedIn and just seeing what was their major, right? What are Mm -hmm. those places that they've worked in in their career? You know, do I, am I even aware of all the the possibilities? I mean, it's amazing the amount of organizations out there and the amount of job opportunities that a lot of times we're not even thinking about. And so I Mm -hmm. think that that is another great way to start figuring out what do I want to do next, right? And it's it's kind of twofold, right? Because it starts to give you some information about what are the possibilities, but it also gives you access to people in a network, right? And we know that that network is really important to access a majority of the jobs that are never posted online. So it's twofold. You're learning Mm -hmm. information, you're learning the possibilities, but you're building that network Mm -hmm. that can help connect you to those jobs, you know, when you graduate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it sounds like using LinkedIn and for those of you that you know, aren't familiar with LinkedIn or don't know where to get started. I think um, the Career Center is a really good resource to, you know, get you set up with your profile and think about how to create that. So we, you know, we won't, we don't, I don't think we need to get too in the weeds about that, but just the kind of tools and ways you can use LinkedIn, um, I think can be so powerful and just giving you ideas of what you could do and maybe like you were saying what other people do with a similar degree or a degree maybe you wish you had and um, just that I think that can just generate ideas of places to work places to just apply to for jobs Um, the versatility of your degree and all the types of Um, places, you know, your career can go and jobs you can get. And then, yeah, the next step could be reaching out to people and, you know, asking them about how they got started and building those relationships. So let's say you were someone that like was graduating next week. 
Okay. And you didn't, maybe you didn't have that plan in place yet. What are some just kind of next steps you could do to just kind of get working or get started on something? I think it's, you know, setting like small, very manageable goals for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Not trying to overwhelm yourself, not thinking I got to play catch up, right? So Mm -hmm. here I'm graduating next week and I got to find a job. So now I'm going to just spend, you know, hours and hours online applying. And and then what happens a lot of times the students become so unmotivated or they start to feel overwhelmed. I hear a lot of that. I'm either losing motivation or I'm feeling overwhelmed. So I think it's setting even like small goals, just, you know what, this week I'm going to spend three hours and I'm going to scan these resources to look for those opportunities. I'm going Mm -hmm. to spend an hour this week looking at LinkedIn and seeing if I can build, you know, create some connections right now. Maybe you haven't spent a lot of time developing that network, which is fine, right? So I think the most important thing is setting very small, manageable goals where you can continue to get those wins um, that are going to keep you motivated and are going to increase that engagement in that job search process. Mm -hmm. I think it's also really important to set up a meeting with the Career Connection Center for a Mm -hmm. career planning appointment. If you haven't been doing that work right and you haven't been having those conversations, I think it's really important to connect with our office and connect with our staff to start having these conversations to learn, you know, strategies that are going to be the best fit for you. I think that's the other thing is individualize your plan. You know, it's really easy to set, you know, to give some general ideas, but I think it's also important to have those conversations so that way you can create an individualized plan for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I think is another really important strategy. You have our services. So say you are graduating next week, you have our, our career planning service one year post-graduation. So that way, if you don't have a job when you first graduate, don't feel like you're just being kind of sent out into the world on your own. We're mm-hmm. here to support you that first year post-graduation. And then we have mm-hmm. services for alumni as well. So I think that those are some really good um, steps. I think, again, just setting small manageable goals connecting with the network and then connecting with our office to see what's going to be the best plan of action for you personally Mm -hmm. moving forward um, is going to be very helpful. Yeah, because I know everyone, you know, there might be different types of job boards or might be different Mm -hmm. things that make sense for each individual person. So I know it can be hard to give generalized advice to everyone, but what are some of the things that a student could expect to get help with at the Career Connection Center if they were to make a career planning appointment or go to a workshop or things like that? So we we have, you know, for the career planning appointments, we have nine topics that students can choose from. So, you know, if you're thinking about getting ready to graduate, it may be exploring your career options. So if you're just someone that is just trying to figure out what are even the possibilities, what are mm-hmm. my options, that may be the best topic. Okay. Or you know what? I'm in, I'm ready. I know what it is that I want to do. I know the types of jobs that I'm looking for, but I don't know if I'm setting myself out as the best uh, qualified candidate. So that may be just a document review. Do you have a list or like descriptions, those position descriptions that you're looking at right now to apply for? 
bring those with you to the career planning appointment, mm-hmm. because then what we can do is we can look at your resume that you have in your cover letter and make sure that you're tailoring the information to, to really highlight your qualifications for that position. Um, versus finding those opportunities. Maybe you know kind of generally what it is that you want to do, but you're not quite sure where to find those opportunities. I think those are some of the best topics, or for many students, it may be even like preparing for graduate school. Um, So if you've realized like maybe the job search market, like the the market right now for jobs isn't great in the area that you're wanting. And so you feel like that best step is going to be to go on to graduate school or maybe even explore like a gap year, right? So Mm -hmm. taking a year off. So those are some of the services that I think that are generally, when I'm thinking of people getting ready to graduate, Mm -hmm. that typically that they'll come in and meet with us for career planning appointment. I think for workshops, I think first and foremost, getting to those information sessions as employer hosted events, right? And learning- What are the information sessions? So information, sorry. Uh, sorry. So they're they're typically information sessions are hosted oftentimes by employers, by those mm-hmm. recruiters from those organizations who will come and meet with students. Right now, it's virtually through Zoom. They're going to share information about their organization. Typically, they will talk about any type of hiring initiatives that they have, any types of what are they recruiting for at this point in time. Um, you know, if they're looking for students in specific majors, they may, you know, look for those, those majors and having those conversations. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to learn about those options, right? But it's yeah. also a great way in the smaller settings to connect with those recruiters, right? So if you're thinking about career fairs, a lot of times that's a lot of students that are going and attending those where information sessions, a lot of times, not as many students attend. And so you have that opportunity to ask questions and network and get to know those recruiters from those organizations. So I think mm-hmm. if you're looking for, for those opportunities and want to connect, definitely look at those employer hosted events. Um, they also, uh, they'll come in the names of like table talks when we were in person or coffee chats Or sometimes they'll even have like basically like office hours where students can come by and have their resume reviewed by that recruiter to make sure that Mm -hmm. they're communicating the information correctly, Mm -hmm. I think is another way. And then, of course, the career fairs, a course career showcase, but then even looking and and seeing does your college have a college specific career fair or are there more even some general career fairs um, after showcase that you can attend? I think those are some of the really important services. And then those workshops, right, that we offer. And then definitely if, looking and seeing if there's going to be alumni or if they're going to have any employers. I know that that's something that our office is becoming more intentional about is can we bring those those employers or that alumni in to have these conversations and present this contact so that way that students have that perspective to, to look for these opportunities and then they get to connect, right? And they get to build that network with those, those individuals as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think about sort of the COVID job market? So I know it's been a tough time for people that have been employed in the workforce for a while and <laughs> to say the least, this has been an unprecedented year. I hate that I yeah. said that because I know it's so cliche by now. But, you know, it, it's been a different kind of year, obviously. Um, and how do you feel like that has impacted the job market and impacted how 
um, a recent graduate might go about looking for jobs right now. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Hard conversations are hard for a reason. It can be uncomfortable to reach out to someone who is showing signs of distress, especially if they are a friend, family member, or student. Cognito could help you build the confidence to have these hard conversations. Cognito is a 30-minute online training simulation course provided by the CWC to help you notice signs of distress and appear, learn how to talk about these signs, practice sharing your concerns, and motivate them to seek help. Visit counseling.ufl.edu forward slash cognito to learn more and get started. Caring starts with you. I think it's definitely made it harder to build those connections and those relationships in the sense that it's not the normal settings, right? So it's not like you can go and meet somebody face-to-face or have those in-person connections. Even some of the struggle has been for internships, right? So organizations that maybe have had to reduce staffing have probably also had to um, reduce some of their internship opportunities. So Mm -hmm. it's almost had this like kind of like residual effect where it's just everybody is kind of being affected. The one thing I will say is that there are just some industries that are not doing as well as Mm -hmm. others. And so what I have tried to encourage students is not to have kind of that kind of laser focus on one career or one industry, but look more at what are the industries that are thriving in this time period right now? You know, if you're thinking about it, like, for instance, like Amazon, like, right. So Amazon, we know everybody's ordering things, not going to the stores as much. So like transportation and like that logistics side of it probably could be an area to think about it, it, it maybe exploring. I remember there was even this conversation, you know, when everybody was on lockdown and how like the home like cooking um, supplies was like just going through the roof because everybody was home and cooking more and needing more supplies sure. and stuff like that. And so look at those industries. I think that that's where students have to do is they have to be flexible right now. They have to not just think about, okay, I've had this dream for a long time. Well, if that's a dream that maybe right now that career or that industry is struggling, shift, right? Make that shift and realize it's not long-term. You know, we're going to come out of this eventually and think of the experience that you've gained, right? Think of those skills that you've gained that may make you more qualified for that, that dream job that you've had. So, I, you know, that's just one of the things that I've, I've encouraged students to look at and then just be prepared for the remote work, right? Um, we know a lot and that may be something that may not even go back. Um, organizations mm-hmm. are finding that that employees are actually more productive sometimes in this remote setting because they're in their space, they're more comfortable. So we know that some of those organizations are not going to go back because it's also reducing that overhead cost. So I think it's being prepared mm-hmm. to make shifts in, in your thinking to help you in this job market can can be very helpful. Yeah, and um, I. Th- I think that reminds me too of when you are identifying jobs and looking for them and getting to the point where you're applying and doing interviews, you know, it's helpful to think of those interviews as a way to not only um, you're applying for the job, you're being interviewed, but you're also interviewing 
the company, the organization. And I, I'm thinking about that now because, you know, as we're talking about COVID responses and work from home and stuff like that, I think that is one really helpful thing to be asking employers is about how, you know, what sort of their pandemic response has been, how they've handled it, you know, what it's gonna look like now. Are you able to keep working remotely? Is that something that's important to you? You know, all those kinds of things, thinking about what kind of flexibility they'll have. I think those are all important questions to be asking, um, but also realize, you know, you're when you're applying for jobs, you're in the space of really, you're selling yourself in a way, but you're also, you're figuring out, is this going to be a good fit for me and what I need right now? And what you need right now could be, maybe I just need a stable job. I just need a paycheck right now to get me through this. Sometimes that's reality and that, you know, that's okay. Sometimes what you need right now is something that's meaningful and fulfilling or something that you need right now might be, I need a job where I, I can work from home and that's guaranteed and, you know, for what, you know, whatever the reason is. Um, so thinking about those things that you have to have, like those non-negotiables, I think is really helpful um, in, you know, reflection and preparing to apply for jobs, but also as you are going through you know, the interview process, asking them or asking people that, you know, might have had experience at that organization too. Yeah, I always, just like you said, I always tell students, just as much as they're interviewing you, you're interviewing mm -hmm. them and you mm -hmm. should be asking them questions that you need to answer all along the way to figure. So that way, when you're offered that job, you are in kind of the, the position to determine if that's going to be the best fit for you. Um, and because you've weighed all these factors, right? You've looked at the negotiables and the non-negotiables for you yourself. You've looked at what's important in, in that career. And when that time comes to make that decision, you have all the information to make the right choice for yourself in that moment with mm -hmm. an understanding that it doesn't lock you in right? It gives you, sure. there are other chances. Um, so again, I think that that's where some students get really stressed right now, especially in this current job market is, oh my gosh, I may have to be flexible and choose something that I never even thought about doing just mm -hmm. to get a job. Mm -hmm. That may be the reality, but then that's not locking you in. So you're only there for a short time, right? Do what you have to do to get by and then make mm -hmm. some decisions down the road. Yeah, and, that, and that's why I think having those things that you know that maybe you can negotiate on some mm -hmm. things, maybe you can be flexible about things, but really knowing like what you have to have in a job or career. Um, I wanted to talk about something else that I, I think a lot of students, myself, like people in general, have a lot of questions and anxiety about, um, and that's salary negotiation. And I think because talking about salary can be such a taboo thing, it can be, at least um, in my experience and our culture, like talking about money and talking about how much money your friends make or loans or anything like that, you know, it's, it's not always so openly talked about. And I think as a cisgender white woman, mm -hmm. and I think from my experience as a woman, having a power and salary negotiation is just like not there. I have, I, you know, I haven't felt empowered 
to do that. And especially as someone that works in more of a helping profession and education and those kinds of roles, you know, we go into this career because we want to help people not, you know, and we're like, oh, I don't (laughs) need, I don't need money, Mm -hmm. but you know, we do. We need that too. (laughs) We need that too. So how do you even go about those conversations with employers negotiating salary? I think first you just have to one, be willing to have that conversation and Mm -hmm. that it, it, that's a confidence piece. Right. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, for me, I'm, I'm a lot like you, I went into education knowing that I was not going to get rich. Um, I did not choose to work in education for the money I chose to work in it because it does bring meaning and purpose to my life. But that doesn't mean, like you said, that you don't. And I remember when when I was hired for this position, I had to gain the confidence and just ask. I was happy with where I was coming in at. Um, it mm-hmm. was definitely an increase from where my last position at a previous university, but I wanted to at least attempt to have that conversation. And so I think you have to just one, be confident to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. I think when you do start to have a salary negotiation or have that conversation about salary, have that research, right? You've got to be loaded with that that information. So that means that it's going to require you to do some research using resources. For instance, I know one of the main uh, resources that students look at for salaries is glassdoor.com. I, I think okay. it's, yeah. So using yeah, glassdoor. glassdoor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So using that resource and looking at with that position, but you have to consider the geographic locations as well, just because mm-hmm. somebody, you know, in California is making, you know, 90,000 and you're here in Florida making 50,000. Well, you have to think of cost of living in those areas. And so you have to, to, to look at that. You also have to be able to look at your experiences. You have to be able to look at that position, right? And see how your experiences and the skills and strengths that you're bringing to this new role have prepared you to be successful in that position starting on day one, right? So that doesn't mean you're not going to need training from that organization that you're you're, um, now going to be starting with, but you've got to be able to have that conversation and say, you know, because I've done this, this, and this, and I've had this training and I've had these experiences on day one, I'm going to be able to come in and be successful in this position. And this is how, right. And and I've had um, a couple of students that I have worked with on salary negotiations. So we had, we worked together and we had the research, we had their talking points ready. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's having those talking points laid out Mm -hmm. of, you know, of the information of your skills and your experiences, and then being able to go in and just you know, and have that conversation. I think it's always important to thank them for the salary that they've offered and ask if it's okay if that we have a conversation about the salary. Um, and then when that conversation ha- comes, bring that information, bring that research. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think it's always important to manage your expectations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and be willing to listen. That was the feedback that I was given was, you know, in the university system, this is the salary that we can offer you. And and so I just stepped back and I said, okay, thank you. I appreciate you having this conversation with me. I understand. And, and, and nothing was hurt by it. Right. And that's the thing is it doesn't hurt to have that conversation as Mm -hmm. long as you're respectful 
um, and understanding with the decisions that they make. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I think in doing the research, some of the things that you want to look at too are sort of what are the average salary ranges mm -hmm. for um, a starting salary for that yeah. kind of position. So kind of be looking at that right. and how, again, how your experience, so how, what kind of degree you have or any work experience yeah. um, relates to that kind of a position. I think it's also important too, to look at the, the benefits package too. Sure, sure. Salary is important, but sometimes those benefits package packages are mm -hmm. maybe why that salary may be a little bit lower from one organization mm -hmm. to the other. So I think it's being, mm -hmm. you have to have a full understanding of the scope of not only the salary, but that benefits package mm -hmm. that they're offering mm -hmm. as well. Right. Yeah. And thinking about what benefits might you need. So looking at health insurance, dental insurance, you know, how much paid time off will you be able mm -hmm. to have um, versus, you know, personal days, sick day, sick leave, things like that. And um, those are all important. It's okay to ask those questions too. Mm -hmm. I know for a lot of people graduating, um, a lot of the time it's your maybe first time going into a full-time job and you, you know, you might have no idea about all the things you could be offered and is it okay to ask about, um, I think in terms of timing too, of when to start yes. that conversation, you know, I, I don't know what you think, Allison, but I, you know, I feel like those conversations I would probably leave until maybe a final interview stage of the conversation. You know, it, yeah. it, it doesn't have to happen immediately, but it, you know, it can happen before, obviously before you make your, you know, final offer before you confirm um, and accept the position, it, it would be appropriate to ask about that and have that conversation of, you know, what that would look like. Yeah, definitely wouldn't suggest doing it in the first interview, the screening right. interview, right? right. Um, but I definitely think it may be in that last interview as having that conversation mm -hmm. around salary, especially if it's not listed, um, you know, and they haven't mentioned anything about it. I think it's mm -hmm. absolutely appropriate in one of those final interviews to even ask what that salary range is. Yeah. Um, because I know that a lot of students will have, have shared with me that they, they, they're going through interviews and they haven't even been told what a salary is. And Which so that is, I mean, I think that can be really frustrating too, yes. as when you're applying to jobs and like not have any clue. And that's where I think Glassdoor at least comes in handy. So do you have some reference for what it could be? And also obviously researching like what is the cost of living in that area? And so identifying what kind of salary, you know, do you really need to live on right now? And, you know, what your expenses are going to be, which I think transitions into just some other sort of adulting, <laughs> adulting type questions that um, some students had. How do you do all the things? Um <laughs> <laughs> so when, you know, when you're in college, you have this certain level of responsibility as a college student, but, you know, you still, oftentimes you might receive support through your university, through your family, maybe you're still living at home. So, you, you know, you don't always fully support yourself. And I, I want to just recognize that there are plenty of college students that do, that do have to totally support themselves and 
do all the work and juggle full-time jobs while going in college. Um, So I know, I know that's not everyone's experience, but it, it can be really scary to make the leap of doing all of that for the first time. So what are some of the things that, you know, you want to start to try to figure out in terms of adulting when you're, when you're living on your own for the first time? I think one is cost of living. I mean, mm-hmm. just trying to figure out, especially if you haven't, for me, that wasn't my existence. I was a mom working two jobs and going to school, raising two children. But so I had those responsibilities, but I know that there are many students that are, are very blessed to not have to think about that. And so I think it's one looking at what are those things that you need to survive moving forward? What, you know, so looking at that cost of living. So whether it's attending some kind of like financial planning course, I know through mm-hmm. our adulting 101 series that we host here in the Career Connection Center, we, we help tackle some of these topics for students. So mm-hmm. we then brought in, brought in a financial planner that talks about like how do you manage your money and um, how do you even set up like retirement and insurance and all those things that you've got to think about. So whether it's offered through here through the university or if there are other um, ways that you can gain access to some mm-hmm. of those those courses. So I'm even thinking like LinkedIn Learning, right? That we all have access to. There may be some like financial planning classes that you can find online. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important to just what are what are the those questions, those big questions that you have about adulting that you need help answering and seeing what are those free resources out there? I wouldn't go spend a bunch of money trying to figure these things out because you're just Mm -hmm. getting started. Um, So of course, just looking at like the cost of living in an area, are you Mm -hmm. moving to a new location? If you Mm -hmm. are, can you start maybe building, do you have anybody there that you're connected with? Do you already have a employment opportunity? If you do, you can maybe even have some conversations with those colleagues before you get there, like the best place to live, learning the area, you know, what are the things to do, right? What is the cost of living like there? You know, just having those conversations with, with those individuals, if that's a whole new area that you're going to adulting, there's a lot of things involved with it. (laughs) I'm still learning to, that's a big topic. I think I'm still learning to adult, Um, you know. Um, But I think it, so just like one thing with the cost of living, like even like what that means, like what are the things we need to budget for? So I'm thinking like, and sometimes it can be, you know, there, so there are some really cool tools out there, like Mm -hmm. that you can access for free or a small fee. I think Mint is a really good resource to kind of start tracking your budget and keeping track of that. You Need a Budget is another app you can use. I believe that one has like a $7 a month fee, but it can be helpful even to just do the free trial and sort of learn the process of budgeting. But it it can be as simple as an Excel spreadsheet or a piece Mm -hmm. of paper, but even just writing down all of those things that you're, you're going to need to pay for each month, like yeah. your rents, utilities, um, phone bill, 
food, <laughs> internet, yeah. you know, what are your, what are your fixed expenses? What are those bills that don't change every month? What are things that you can be flexible about? And, you know, some of those things might be constants, no matter where mm-hmm. you live too, but probably in different cities, obviously your rent is going to look a little different. Yeah. Um, utilities might even look different and food costs might be another big thing that could change. Yeah, too, definitely. So, and, and transportation. So are you able to live somewhere near your work? Mm-hmm. You know, can you use public transit, things like that? Yeah. And I, and I would always like, one of the things that, you know, I left home at 19 and moved away, go to rent a, an apartment and somehow get talked into buying a condominium at 19 years old. And so I think too, it's not making some of those big lifelong choices right away, especially as you're figuring out this idea of career and what that means to you. So not trying making any big long-term decisions that are going to sure. lock you in because if you're still exploring that career phase, if you're just kind of trying to figure things out, you don't want to go lock yourself into a long-term commitment of sure. buying a house or a car right away, right? You want to kind of ease into it. So you know, if I ever could give one student, when you start thinking about what causes stress and anxiety, those are the kind of things that I look back on that were really stressful for me that I wish I would have had that advice, like be prepared, like you don't walk into a realtor's office about an apartment because they may talk you into buying a place, <laughs> you know, and I just kind of yeah. was very young and, and naive and didn't think sure. about that. So sure. I think it's always advocate for yourself as an adult make even don't go if you can if you have somebody there don't go alone and make those big decisions like have a family member there to make sure that especially that has more life experience that can help you kind of look for some of those pitfalls that maybe you may just kind of fall into because you just haven't had you know this idea of what is out there and what you know what you can get yourself into Right. Yeah. And I'm hearing like, just, you know, in the beginning when you're graduating, like maybe putting yourself in situations where you might not be totally stuck in this situation forever. Right. And, and I think even it's normal and okay to like maybe live with roommates for a while or something like that, which can be really helpful and cutting down on a lot of costs and everything, but kind of putting yourself in situations with the mindset of like, I'm trying this out for now. You know, you might move across the country and realize you love it and you might, you know, you might end up living there forever, but kind of having that mindset set of this isn't forever this is me trying this out and you know seeing what will happen and learning from that and seeing what comes next and even if it doesn't go how I expected it to go that can be a learning experience for me moving forward Um, I know another scary thing too that we were you know starting to talk about is just moving to a new city where maybe you don't know anyone that's in a new place. And it, it, you know, when you're at a college, it, it can't be harder to make friends and make new connections. And you don't have like thousands of other people your age to, that want to hang out 24 seven anymore. So what are some ways people can start getting connected and just sort of feeling at home in a new place? I think one of the, the best resources that I've learned here at UF that a lot of students use and, and they get connected through the Alumni Association is the Gator Clubs. So even just 
looking and seeing if the area that you're moving to has one of those Gator Clubs um, where you can connect with alumni that are living in that area, especially when you're still trying to figure things out. Mm -hmm. We know that alumni enjoy helping, you know, out helping current students out or recent graduates. And, and so that is always what I encourage students, right? Because your connection point is the University of Florida, the Gator Nation, right? And we've all talked about the Gator Nation and how helpful it is. And so lean on that if that resource is available to you. If it's not, looking and seeing if there's through like even LinkedIn, um, seeing what kind of interest groups are within that area. So seeing if you can connect pe to people through things that you're interested in. You know, one of the things that uh, as I'm, you know, in this transition in my life and my kids are getting older, I don't have the connection with the parents that I used to have. So I'm looking for new friends and my mom and dad are always telling me like, Allison, go, go find like a hiking club or a kayaking club and just find things that you're interested in and meet people that way. Yeah. Um, and I think that that, because that can be like, you already have that similar interest. And so it makes meeting people easier. The sure. other thing is just like, you know, when you're at like a local Starbucks or, you know, you go out to eat, even just having conversation with the people that are serving you. When I lived in in, in North Carolina, being from Florida as a waitress, um, people would always come in and be like, you know, what are the things to do in this town? And, and so just be willing to ask the people that live there and have been there, what are fun things to do out or, you know, what do people, you know, go out and do on Saturday nights or... Um, if I'm interested in this, is there this type of like if I'm if you enjoy art, you know, are there are there places that you can go and, and do that? Or sure. so just thinking in those yeah. terms oftentimes is is some of the easiest ways uh, to build friendships, even connecting with your colleagues, seeing if when you first started an organization, have lunches or coffee breaks with them, go yeah. for walks. Right. And just kind of talk about things other than work to get to know each other. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, it I, is a great way. Yeah, and I think just a common theme that I'm hearing from this is that sometimes after college when you know you're in a new space and a new job whatever, it it can take a little bit more work and a, just a, a little bit more intention and purpose in terms of making friends. So, so sometimes you have to seek it out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and, and that can be hard, especially if maybe you're a more introverted person, like, yeah. like I am. Like me. Um, but I, I think it does take a little bit of going outside of your comfort zone. But I think from my own experience, finding places where you volunteer or do an activity that you really enjoy together. Um, so one thing I'll share just personally um, that I do that, you know, you know, this Allison, um, but I, I play roller derby and I know that's not for everyone. I know, you know, that might not apply um, to everyone listening to this, but having just a community, a space where I've, you know, built really, really strong friendships and has been so awesome to me. And even though I, I, I went to school here at UF, so I've been here a while now, it's just been so helpful to have that community like outside of work as an adult. So it, it takes work to maintain those, I think, adult friendships and mm -hmm. seek them out. But, you know, spending that effort, especially when you're first in a new place and kind of 
I know things are harder now in COVID. I know yeah. it's, it's not the same. It's yeah. I, I, it's hard. I, I know that, but finding just your people, your community, finding people that value similar things or do similar things and spending that effort in the beginning will, you know, I think help you as you get settled into a new place. When you Um, said that about volunteering, it was like, yes, like when I first moved to the town that I live in outside of Gainesville, Mm -hmm. I didn't know anybody. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I met some people through my children, through like the parents. But one of the things I did was get involved in their football program and I met so many people and some of the people, and I ended up um, taking over and running that program for three years as the football director. And some of the friendships that I've built through volunteering and through service, because again, it's like-minded people. They have some of those similar values as you. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, I mean, I have, I still connect with them to this day, being able you know, in this time of COVID and being able to connect with one of my friends that I gained through that at, mm-hmm. recently at lunch. I mean, we don't see each other all the time because sure. we, we both have busy lives, but when we come back together, it's just like, it's an amazing friendship, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing is find just, again, like you said, finding your community, finding those things that, that people that value the same things and have those similar interests is a great way, especially if you're an introvert, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's not like you're, it's the things you enjoy and, and it's the things they enjoy and those relationships just seem to come naturally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One other kind of topic I wanted to touch on before we finish up for today is um, the idea of taking a gap year. So maybe taking time off from the idea of career, work, grad school. And I know there can be a lot of pressure that might be coming from family expectations, from society expectations of what you should, in quotes, should be doing when you graduate. Um, But, you know, is it okay to take time off? You know, what and what can you do during that time? I think it's absolutely okay. I actually am dealing with a recent high school graduate who's Mm -hmm. kind of taken that gap year. He's trying to figure himself out. And and I know family, like as a mother, we Mm -hmm. want our children to succeed. Your family Mm -hmm. wants you to to succeed. And however, I think, again, how you define success Mm -hmm. is always important, right? That word succeed is always a little uncomfortable for me to say because we define it differently. Sure. But I think gap years are absolutely okay. I think if you are going to take a gap year, what is important as a parent that I want to hear is that you're not just being somebody that's not doing anything and you don't want to work and you don't want to figure things out, right? But you're just more trying to take a break. And so maybe having like some plans that you're, you you plan to do, like giving Mm -hmm. your parents those, okay, like in this gap year, I'm going to do this or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know. So doing it in that way can be very helpful. Mm-hmm. I think too, like, I, you know, one of the things I have done the last couple of years is I've served on the postgraduate uh, service panel through the Brown Center for Leadership and Service here um, at the university. And we talk about like, how do you have a year of service, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking of those things where you don't want to have maybe long-term commitment, you're not quite sure what you want to do. You need some kind of financial stability, but you don't need a lot. Some of those things like Peace Corps or AmeriCorps 
can be great mm -hmm. opportunities. They don't come with a lot of high pay, right? But they do give you some really great skills. If you're yeah. looking for something that gives you like that added advantage in the hiring process, actually serving, uh, doing like a year or two of postgraduate service through like AmeriCorps and Peace Corps actually gives you preferential hiring. I know, I think it was uh, during the Obama administration, they had several of the Fortune 500 companies sign on to that, that they would give preferential hiring to students that did years of service through like the mm -hmm. Peace Corps and AmeriCorps. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just learning to fill that time if that's what you choose to do with um, experiences mm -hmm. that are going to help you figure out what is going to be that best next step, mm -hmm. gives you some experience to add to your resume so that employers don't, when you go to apply for those positions or graduate schools, it doesn't look like you've been doing nothing that you really have been taking that time to explore. Sure. But yeah, I think they're, they, I think gap years can be good because you're still young. You're still trying to figure yourself out, right? Yeah. So it's important to take that time. And I think programs like if you're someone that is open to traveling maybe you want to mm -hmm. live abroad maybe you want to just live in a different city those, those programs that you mentioned are a really helpful kind of structured way to do that and the good thing is is that you're making you know maybe a one year two year commitment so you at least have the set amount of time that you're you're still gaining experience and doing something it's not a lifetime commitment um, but you're still getting really, you know, good experience too. You know, some other kind of uh, more common things, again, maybe less options for this right now in teaching abroad too. Um, so if you're someone that's like, I, I just want to travel for a little bit, I might be interested in this particular country. I want to gain some experience teaching English abroad, it can be a good option for that. So that's something um, I'll share that I, I did after graduation. I taught English in Japan for two years through the JAP program. And obviously I'm not doing anything like that now, but it was, it was such an amazing experience to be able to travel, but have this kind of, kind of structured program that gave me the stability to do that. But even if like, you know, none of those types of programs we talked about you're interested in. I think having a gap year is also just sort of a way to give yourself permission to not have to commit to anything yet, you know, kind of explore yourself, maybe just travel for fun a little bit, you know, maybe gain some experience. Mm -hmm. And I, I know, like you said, it can, it can be hard to have those conversations with your parents and maybe you're um, facing a lot of parental pressure to go to medical school, go to law school, have a job lined up already. You know, I know everyone has maybe values, how their parents or family, kind of their decisions in your career a little bit differently. And I know it can be different. For example, I, I know, again, I, I am, I'm a white cisgender woman. So I, I have that experience, but just from my experience and working with other students that might come from South Asian backgrounds or immigrant backgrounds, um, I know can often face a lot more pressure yes. sometimes to um, just, again, succeed or be in kind of a high paying job or be a doctor or be a lawyer or be an engineer. And maybe those feel like the only options. Yeah. And I, I think it's helpful to sort of 
understand, you know, how you value your family's inputs. And, you know, that's okay. I know in, in America and in our culture, we often are, you know, value independence and making our own decisions and doing our own things. And, you know, that's one way of doing things, but maybe you do value what your family's opinion is, and that is important to you. And I, you know, I don't want to imply that that that's not okay because that's that's okay yeah. too you know that's okay but it, you know i think just being comfortable and talking to your family a little bit about you know why you might be interested in something and being able to talk to them through like okay this is my decision making for wanting to do this or this is you know at least my general plan for yeah. how i'm going to reflect and you know go through this year. And that, I think if, if that's something that you're really struggling with and you, you don't know how to approach that conversation, or there is a lot of tension between what you value and what your family values, I mean, that can be hard and that you might want to talk to a counselor or a career counselor or someone about that a little bit more in depth, just to kind of help you navigate that conversation a little more, because that can be really hard and really challenging. So, you know, every situation is a little bit different. So I don't want to make too many generalizations here, but I I just kind of wanted to put that out there too. When I worked in leadership development Mm -hmm. at the University of North Florida, we actually used to talk about with our students, sometimes the first um, example of leadership is Mm -hmm. having conversations about like with your family about changing a major or having Mm -hmm. a gap year or some big personal decision that you're trying to make for yourself that maybe Mm -hmm. your family is not on board with Mm -hmm. um, and how do you you explore those topics and Mm -hmm. so the one thing I wanted to say is I know that those conversations are difficult and I can say it from a personal perspective of somebody Mm -hmm. that didn't go to college right away but then also from the parent perspective Mm -hmm. the thing that I've always tried to tell my my children and I try to encourage students is that when you have those um, important conversations. And we actually have a resource on the Career Connection Center's uh, resource page that Mm -hmm. it's titled Important Conversations, and it Mm -hmm. helps you start to kind of map out how you would have this. But Mm -hmm. just be prepared, right? Mm -hmm. I even had a student who, um, she was, um, her family was from the Middle East. And so moving out of the home as a female was not accepted. And her and her Mm -hmm. sister, while they were in college, wanted to get their own apartment that was closer to the university. So they set up a whole presentation for their parents of, you know, the pros and cons, what, you know, like their goals, how they were going to stay connected with their family, how they were going to continue to, um, you know, to, to take part in the things that were important to their family. And mm-hmm. at the end, their family was so impressed by the presentation that they're like, we can't tell you no. <laughs> and, and so that's the thing is yeah. you've been taught all these amazing skills of, mm-hmm. in college that if it comes down to it, put a presentation together for your family. A lot of times families just want to know that you're going to be okay, that you're not giving up on a lot of the dreams that you've had for yourself Mm -hmm. and that you do have some plans in place, you know, in this time period where you're taking some time off. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think if it, if it is at the point where that feels 
maybe unsafe for you to do, or you, you know, you just, you don't know if you can do that, or if it's at the point where maybe you're choosing between, or if it feels like you're choosing between family and yourself or family and your goals or, you know, your own decisions and that sort of thing. I, you know, I would encourage you to reach out, you know, for help and maybe talk to a counselor or, you know, someone else that you trust or feel comfortable talking to about that, because I, that can be a whole nother level of, of challenging. And I know not every conversation like that is going to feel safe or comfortable to do. And, um, but I think those are really good points about just kind of feeling prepared and understanding different perspectives and going into those conversations. Um, so I know we are just about out of time for today, but I was wondering if there's any anything we didn't get to or any last piece of advice or you know anything you would tell a student that's they're graduating and maybe feeling a little anxious. I think just one of the things that I have learned in my life mm-hmm. is be open mm-hmm. to the possibilities be open to those moments and accept those moments when something is presented to you that you never expected. I know that that's how my career happened. I really thought I was headed on one path and got a phone call one day that, or no, I'm sorry, it was an email um, to be, to work as a student assistant um, in the, at the university that I was attending. And it opened my eyes to a whole different world of possibilities. And mm-hmm. so one of the things that I can say is, is just be open, right? It doesn't mean that you can't have goals and it doesn't mean that those goals won't happen, but maybe there's a different route that you take um, to get to that longer term goal. And, and so just, again, be open, have have that, that lens wide open. You've got a, a life ahead of you um, and enjoy, you know, try to find those moments that are really going to bring that, that meaning and, jo- and enjoyment that you seek. You're going to define your level of success. You're going to uh, define what fulfillment mm-hmm. and life and career means to you. That That's important, but just be open um, to the possibilities that you haven't even thought of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. And I, I think too, I would say, be willing to just try stuff out and take risks and understand that it's, it's all a process. You know, there's not, there's not an end point to figuring out your life or career or who you are, you know, it's ongoing and you are hopefully always learning more about yourself, more about what you value, more about what your strengths are. And that's going to change and it's going to feel like you're a failure or you messed up or you made a wrong choice sometimes. And, And some things are outside of your control too. But I think thinking about what is in your control, what you can do to learn to grow, to try something new and be open to that. It's always going to be changing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Allison, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank Um, you. I appreciate you being here. Um, I think we talked about, you know, and I think this is a topic. There's so much to it. It's, it's impossible to fully cover this for everyone. And again, every situation is different. So if you didn't feel like you heard yourself in this conversation, like, that there's no one right or 
wrong way to go through college or graduate from college. You know, everyone's at a different point. But if you are feeling like you need support, um, the Career Connection Center is there to help. The Counseling and Wellness Center is here to help you sort of navigate what's next. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. You can find CWC Talks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are found. Please leave us a rating and review us. Email us at cwc-talks at ufl.edu with your feedback and suggestions for future episodes. Show notes, resources, and more can be found at counseling.ufl.edu slash cwctalks.